0: The following is a production of cprundown.com. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts of this podcast are those of the individual and not of any affiliated companies. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Rundown on Fun, a weekly podcast covering the Cedar Fair Entertainment Company, the amusement industry,
1: and the business of fun. Here are your hosts, Karsten Anderson, Evan Schultz, and Kyle Hoof. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Rundown on Fun, a weekly podcast where we cover Cedar Fair, Cedar Point, and everything to do with fun. And this week is a very, very special episode because we are joined by Adam Sandy of Zamperla. Welcome. Yes, going.
2: yes <laughs> very welcome.
1: Yeah, we're <laughs> our special crazy guest that we've been
2: teasing for a few weeks. Yes, we actually Happy to be, got here, to be here, guys. Thanks so much. Yeah. Yes. No, thank you.
1: Yeah, so we're super excited to have him. So this is not going to be a normal episode where we talk about news and all that stuff. Uh, it's pretty much just going to be us firing off questions to him, and and we'll see where it goes from there. But um, yeah, I think we wanted to start out with um, for those who don't know, can you tell us about Zamperla and also uh, like what your role is within the company?
0: Sure, sure. So <clears throat> Zamperla, I think, is pretty unique in our industry. You know, there's a lot of companies like uh B&M Vacoma that are are for the most part are exclusively coaster focused or others like Whitewater that really focus on water size water rides um we have i would say the largest portfolio in the attractions industry so, you know if you look at what we do we've got you know small kitty rides those were historically our bread and of- butter and then just over the years we've grown so now we've got you know major thrill rides we have water rides we have coasters and we've got tower rides and even kind of your just standard flat rides too so really everything that you could think of to get a new park we can make and design and also theme really well so i think that's one interesting aspect of the company uh the other one is just the longevity you know the company's been around almost 55 years now and we're one of the longest running uh, Leiden manufacturers in the industry. And the, the family's just super proud that it's it's always been family owned. You know, it's third generation ownership now or people running the company, I should say. Uh, that's uh, Antonio and Alessandro. Um, those are uh, those are Alberto's sons. And so Alessandro runs the operation side, Antonio runs the manufacturing side. But it, it's pretty amazing that a company's been around
2: three generations now running and growing like that we have mm-hmm. wow i didn't yeah. i didn't and, honestly i didn't even know that it was family owned that's that's really cool that's really mm-hmm,
0: cool mm-hmm. yeah and it i think for us i really enjoy it because you know i've for the I, i've worked with uh, some of my manufacturers owned by big banks and i've worked with some owned by family members and you know it, it certainly is a lot more fun when the people whose name is on the door are the ones making the decision and it's a really great work environment
3: because of that
1: yeah, i was gonna sure.
3: i was gonna ask exactly that and you kind of beat me to <laughs> it that must not um really just in like a closeness of um, amongst everybody and w- maybe more of a pride in what you guys are putting out there
1: i was oh, 100
3: say- I, I was just say like I, I think part of that is the family on part part
0: of that's the honestly the italian part um the they're <laughs> just yeah. a- as people to work with you know i've worked with a lot of different ride manufacturers from a lot of different countries and it has been some of the most fun and friendly people. I've I've been here since uh, January of twenty one, and so wow. it's just been a really great group of people to work with.
1: That's awesome.
2: awesome. That's really cool. I was going to say real real quick. Is it is it um, with like having like other parks and things like that? Do they do they look for like a family owned like business like Zamperla, or is it you know what I mean? Like is it are they more looking for like like you said like big bank um companies or something like that?
0: Uh, honestly, I think our customers don't look either way, but what, what it allows us to do is kind of an attitude. You know, we I think we, we're allowed a little bit of a, a swagger and approach that maybe yeah. a button-down corporate group doesn't have. And certainly, I think our team has a little bit of Italian flair, too. It's kind of fun. Okay. You know, if you come to yeah. our booth or the yeah. app, but we got wine and, and espresso. So, you know, it's a different <laughs> way to do things.
2: But it's,
0: it's been a really great kind of no-holds-barred attitude when it comes to just dominating or trying to, dominate different segments of the industry that i think is a little bit different than if we were owned by like vcs or some other capital group
3: yeah yeah that's cool for sure nice it might kind of be more like um kind of just like the amusement parks you mentioned that swagger you know we have the corporate cedar fair six flags and then we also have the knobels you know
2: right yeah exactly yeah
3: yeah where things are a little a little more loose and different yeah
2: for sure that way (laughs) well <laughs> but then but, but then when it doesn't need to be loose, you know, you, you you've got, you know, like you said, you've got your, your family and you've got you've got that that solid background and stuff, which is really yeah. good. So
0: Yeah. Sure. And I, I think a big part of it too is just, you know, when when the, the guy running the company or guys running the company, or when their name's on the door, people might I think people take it a little differently. There's a different sense of responsibility. You know, I think there's a little bit of understandable weight, third generation ownership and there there's a just to drive there to be the best and to really kind of take it the next level just because they're the ones who have now you know three generations of families owning it and they want to you know not have anything bad happen and they want to take the next level so it's it's a really fun place to be and certainly I think it for me it's been a really good environment for a company that's looking to break new ground
2: yeah for sure yeah, for sure
3: um, so what do you, what do you do then um, to on a daily basis more than Um, are you the one that's making the coasters or are you selling the coasters? So I'm
0: selling the coasters. I'm selling So my official title is roller coaster sales and marketing director. And we do selling here a little differently than I did before. So I came from a small company. I was with Ride Entertainment and it was really just me uh, or myself or Mark you know, just really kind of selling one-on-one, it was us. And what we do here is a lot of team selling. So on the one side, I work very closely with our sales managers. We have sales team members worldwide. So either they're based in Italy and serve a certain part of the world, or they actually live in that area. So we have like, we have offices in Dubai, in China, in the U.S. Um, in Philippines, wow. so we actually yeah wow. service departments actually were unique because we're open 24/7 basically yeah um, a lot of ride manufacturers you know are based in Europe and only open in Europe we we kind of are open worldwide so that's a difference for us uh, but in addition I work closely with all of our sales managers just because coasters you know I've done a, sold a lot of them in my career and really the focus there is always a little bit different than a flat ride because kind of if you're selling a drum or a power surge or a tower ride they're certainly very different rides but a lot of the metrics are the same when it comes to coasters they're our own beasts so i've got this great sales team that has these wonderful deep relationships and knows rides really well and i do a lot of team selling with them on the coaster part and then i also work closely with our roller coaster division so we've got about 25 engineers solely dedicated to coasters the company's really invested in that in the last five years and so i work with them too as we come up with new concepts new ideas and and work to kind of you know really present i think our product better to the client and that's really been my role is the company heavily invested in our coaster division starting about 2016 and so we were getting some bigger and better projects but we were having i think a bit of a hard time Telling clients why we were better, why we were different, why were the company not selling you the Valari anymore? You know, mm, so yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> So we had a great engineering team, but they weren't really able to communicate that well. So that's where I've stepped in and sort of bridged between the engineering and sales, and I get to work with everybody and a worldwide client base. So it's been really a great position for me. That's,
2: oh, awesome. that's awesome. How how big is your uh, how big is Zamperello? Like, how many employees
3: do you guys have? Since you said you you're worldwide yeah, we're about four hundred and fifty people total. okay, wow. Um, wow. I was gonna say, so you said like you're in the Philippines and um you mentioned a couple other countries mm-hmm. that I don't necessarily think of as amusement park countries. What's the approach for having a, an office in the Philippines rather than just China or you know? So we have two different types of well, I should say
0: three. So our headquarters is in Italy, and that's where mm-hmm. we've got you know the the main headquarters as well as the roller coaster department and a few other. Uh, places where we fabricate there and then we have some branches like in the US and in China that are sales and service and then we have other ones like in the Philippines where we actually do fabrication so we make kind of small kitty rides there
3: okay um, just, just okay.
0: because we were finding you know we make still make a lot of stuff in Italy but there were some things where it just made sense from a financial standpoint to make it in the Philippines. We could get Italian quality because we have an Italian team QCing everything and work hand in hand with the the Filipino team. Um, but from a cost basis, it allows us just to keep our costs down a little bit by doing it there. So on some projects, like you wouldn't know it all says Amparo. It's all made by the same team and engineered in Italy by that team. But we'll do some things in the Philippines, some things in Italy, and those two kind of products will come together on site.
2: Oh. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. That's that's way more than I thought.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. That's cool. Wow. All right. So uh, our next question that we kind of have scripted for you was do you have a favorite ride made by Zamperla that's currently operating anywhere? I mean, I would
0: say on the kind of flat ride side, the two I say two recent favorites hard to choose. I think Nebulous is an awesome ride. It's just a lot of fun to watch and it's a lot of fun to ride and it's 42 yeah. inches to ride and as I've kind of told other podcasts and many many customers like I'm a big proponent of 42 inch attractions I have a um my youngest daughters as I say stubbornly short so uh <laughs> with so many parks having rides at 48 you know I've had a lot of parks I go to where I'm like well you can ride kitty rides or you but you can't get on anything big and there's this hole in the middle. And we've really focused on hitting that, what we call broad appeal, 42 inch, you know, ride that really hits a lot of different demographics. So I I think both from a a kind of viewer standpoint, rider standpoint, Nebulous is great. And I also got to ride the big waves uh, when we were prototyping it. And that was just a very different experience and a very cool ride. And again, kind of wide rider demo on that. And so like those are the two things I think that we've done recently that I'm just like, those are both home runs, fun rides. And on the sales side, like we introduced uh, Nebulous 2019. I think we've sold over 30. It's one of our fastest selling attractions. It's just Mm -hmm. done amazing. And we're starting to get some traction with big waves too now. So it's uh, on both of
3: those, I think you'll see more and more out in the marketplace.
0: That's awesome. awesome. I've,
3: I've I've been in the presence of a Nebulas at at Hershey last year, but I can attest to the visual of it, like you said. But we couldn't get near the ride because <laughs> it, it probably we were there on a very not busy day, but it had mm-hmm. like a solid like hour wait because people it, it it really drew people in because it's a cool mm-hmm. ride. It's yeah, just because it's, it's just it's a lot weird of, looking. A lot of st- it's awesome looking.
2: Yeah. As I say, a lot of stuff is going on with it and you're just like, yeah.
3: Whoa, what? You yeah. know? Yeah. And the lighting package, I, mm-hmm. that Hershey I don't yeah. know if you guys provided that or Hershey did it yeah. or whatever. It's, we did. it's just like it's 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 awesome. It's pretty yeah. awesome.
2: LEDs. <laughs> really LEDs, cool man. Thing. I love yeah. LEDs. You can make For something sure. look like meh to like Amazing and like, especially at night. Oh man, yeah, oh,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. That's and it so uses cool. the fraction of the energy it used to, even compared right. to 10 years ago. So, from an owner's yeah.
1: standpoint, it's
3: great, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, so plopper sure. nebula is down, you don't even need park lights, you don't need, <laughs> <trees to laughs> <ride>. you <laughs> need a yeah. Right. And, and right.
1: anymore, as a theme park fan who doesn't need to ride a ride a million times, I also really appreciate like the, the interactive element of just watching everything almost mm-hmm. more than the ride experience itself. So that's something that I'm really glad is starting to develop more is, okay, well these rides are fun, but we need to make them look really cool too because I think that's just awesome.
0: Yeah. And and honestly you're, you're kind of right on target there for what we're doing a lot of our design work now because you know, we can make a great ride, but what we found is that I think Hershey park's a great example. They put the nebulous in and we heard back from them and we've heard this from many customers because it's so engaging for guests off ride and on ride. They put a few F&B, like, food and beverage places around it. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, that's one of the busiest areas in the park. And before it was one mm-hmm. we just kind of walked through. It's like, ah eh, we might ride the Vacoma boomerang. We may not. Now right. it's – they redid the trains on the on the Vacoma. It's great. They have got the nebulous there. And people are sitting watching or standing watching the ride for multiple cycles now. They're grabbing a drink. They're getting some food. So that's become an area where people spend time and money in Hershey Park. So it really transformed it. And that's what we're trying to think of. And I think big waves, another great example where you have this tower ride that also has like a waterfall, almost <laughs> it's yeah. a splash that's larger than a shoot to shoot. So yeah. the people stop staring with that one. I, I forget the numbers, but we got something like 55 or a hundred thousand views on TikTok when People were, they were basically just, they were testing the ride. So it wasn't open. No one was riding it. They were commissioning at night in Saudi because you have to there because it was so hot in the summertime. Mm -hmm. And what happened basically, it was in this kind of open plaza area. And they had so many guests running to the ride to get splashed and watch it. They actually fenced it off, sold ponchos (laughs) and charged admission to get in and get splashed. So I think when we're coming up with unique rides like that, we're definitely on the right path for creating, you know, the next generation of attractions that aren't just passive experiences.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. That is really cool.
0: All
1: right. So next up, uh, we're going to kind of switch gears here and talk about um, the new for 2023 uh, wild mouse at Cedar point. And we were Mm -hmm. just wondering, are there any, were there any challenges that you or your team came across while installing that ride? We saw, uh, today, April 5th, that it made its uh, first test run, which is yes. a great achievement. Yes. And congratulations. Yeah, we to were very the team. happy about that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I was like, yeah. Cool yeah, timing for the show too. yeah,
1: yeah, no, it was nice. I did that just for you guys. So yeah, thank you.
3: Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I know you pulled some strings for us. Yes,
1: yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, on, honestly, kind of our marching orders on that were, you know, they had the vision of the boardwalk. So, certainly had to kind of have that throwback Wild Mouse coaster concept. You know, that was the overall theme. But, you know, with Cedar Point, it's always, it needs to be something for them. So we we couldn't just give them our standard, pardon me, twister coaster concept that we've done so many times. So they said, we love your ride, we love your ride system, super simple, great capacity, but. We want to have it unique for the park, and so we created this new Twister freeform layout, and that actually has ended up for us being kind of a new standard layout now for a compact the Twister coaster. So we have kind of our traditional of the switchbacks, and we have this one as an alternative. But you know, it really served because they were looking for you know, anytime we work with cedar point they talked about coasters you know it's always going to be what can you do for us that's different or special whatever and mm-hmm. so that that was definitely it. it's like we want to have the old school wild mouse aesthetic and feel but it's got to be unique to cedar point and obviously we had a certain parameter in terms of scale and size so they wanted to have more of that wild mouse feel so it's that's why it has the footprint and height it does so it really fits that area and fits the feel of the area too
2: yeah no definitely it, it definitely like i love the colors i don't know if you guys mm-hmm. had if you guys picked the colors or if cedar point picked the colors but like just seeing it when we were able to go in in uh, february to winter chill out like we finally saw it like actually in person and the colors just pop on that midway like yeah it oh really goodness. does
0: that is all of them and they have a really good team and and the past couple of years they've created a, I i think it's called their xds team like experiential design team and so they they really think about, and I, I think that's what's impressed us for, for this project and for other ones like Aeronautica too, is mm-hmm. it's not just kind of plopping down a ride somewhere and putting some paint on it. It's okay, we're adding a ride, we're adding theming, we're adding concept, we're adding story, yeah. and we're adding a whole feel to the area. And so mm-hmm, that's yeah. what has been really exciting for us to have them as a partner with all these projects is that's their approach. It's kind of the same thing that we're doing with the rides and creating that experience. They're saying, how do we get our guests to be happier, spend more time here, spend more money? You know, really, in a lot of ways, make it a third place for them. You know, I don't know if you guys know the third place concept. You know, it's kind of you have, you have yeah. work and you have home and somewhere else whether it's a coffee yep. shop or something. But to me, that's what Cedar Fair has done at a lot of their parks now Is said, yeah, we're going to create this space that is special and you want to spend time at. And if you want to go ride coasters all day, awesome. If you want to come in, so you got a season pass and you just want to grab a beer, hang out in the ambiance, that's cool too. And I mm-hmm. think that's a really unique approach that, you know, they maybe have taken a little bit from Disney. I think Disneyland in California has always had a strong local market. Um, but I think Cedar Fair has really done a nice job of redefining what that means and what going to an amusement park means and what having a season pass means. Cause they've taken a very
3: different approach to the business. Yeah, no, definitely. You know? I mean, I, I know I, I've talked at length, I mean, obviously like you mentioned aeronautical landing and, and what that's looking to be and what a great job. Now there's no Zamperla rides in it, but um, jungle expedition at King's dominion, Mm -hmm. this, this focus that we've, we've talked a lot about Cedar fair having on themed lands that I know even just us being the, the dorks that we are, we, we've really noted how much we love that stuff. And instead of just plopping a coaster down, it really changes the experience at a park. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, to me when you when you toss a ride or even a coaster, like if you toss it over a parking lot, great, people will be happy as a new coaster, but it doesn't have, you know, a long tail in terms of marketability or in terms of ridership or popularity.
1: Mm-hmm. When you
0: create something custom, when you create it for that space and you create an, an environment around it, to me that's really building a great guest experience and that's a great business model too, because you're creating something that people want to come back to. So it's yeah, you get in the first couple of years for the ride, but then it becomes part of the routine, part of their life. And, you know, I think you look at parks like Kings Island, where it's amazing. You know, Cincinnati's not a gigantic market. It's it's I'd say medium at best, but mm-hmm. they've created this whole loyalty and the whole Cincinnati and really mid Ohio market where people come and spend time there. I know so many people who if they have the season pass, you know, they bring their family on a summer evening or just, you yeah. know, like a Saturday morning, they're not going to spend full ticket price whole day. They're coming multiple times throughout the year to just spend family time together. And to me, that's yeah. Yeah. if you're looking at long term success, that's
3: a huge yeah, that's, win. Yeah, yeah for, sure. for sure. And you could continue the story, you know, five years from now, King's Dominion might build a coaster that goes along with Jungle X or Carol's mm-hmm. might build a coaster that goes along with Aeronautica Landing. And the, the mm-hmm. only, like you said, they could just keep on marketing that over and over. I was going to
2: say like with with the theme, you know, you know, we've got Disney and we've got Universal and things like that. But like what Cedar Fair seems to be doing now is like you've got themed actual lands or themed coasters or themed rides or something like that to where, you know, you've got theme to where you're like ramping up your theme in specific areas but you're not mm-hmm. considered you know a theme park but i love that mm-hmm. i could just literally just plot myself like down you know at carowinds or you know i'm sure you know on the boardwalk and just be immersed with everything just you know the light and maybe not and, have
1: it
3: feel like the same park that you were just in yeah yeah, exactly
2: yeah yeah and,
3: and, and
0: I it makes to me tour... want to spend more you know mm-hmm and I would say I got to tour Aeronautica about a month ago now. You know, it was the I think almost all the rides were in. Uh, they were still doing a, a lot of concrete work and other work, but it is amazing. You go through this portal and they have a huge open area. We can grab a beer. They've got a great F and B facility. They got you know they have fortunately for us some great rides from us. But <laughs> it, it it changes the feel when you go in that area, and you can tell people are going to spend time and money there. It's not just. Let's throw a few rides in it's let's create an experience and i think that sort of twist on the traditional approach or approach we've seen in the last 20 years of theme parks is really what's going to lead to long-term success and i know uh publicly traded companies always have this challenge, this tension where on the one hand you want to get short-term returns because you basically have to make people happy every quarter for your investors but the flip side is if you do that too much you know you lose that long-term vision because you could get some really good short-term gains but you don't do well in the stock market. On the flip side, like Cedar Fair has done a really nice job of balancing really strong quarter yeah. after quarter returns with creating, I think, really good in some areas. You know, lifetime guests. You know, people that are multi generational that go there as kids, then take their kids when they're older. And you know, if you look at Knotts, you look at Cedar Point, you look at Kings Island, they're creating these experiences that I think are going to last them a long time and allow them to have that long term financial success.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah, so kind of staying on that same topic. So obviously we know about Wild Mouse, and we just kind of talked about Aeronautica Landing. Um, is there anything else within Cedar Fair right now that you're able to tell us about or any anything that you're working on?
0: So, yeah, I'd say for other stuff this year, I think we've got an Endeavor 24 and a it's a teacup, but I think themed to barrels going to Kings Island. And okay. um, those are, I think, I haven't seen the full theming overlay, but certainly I know on the on the barrels, definitely kind of a throwback on traditional Kings Island experience. So, you know, yeah. we've been very fortunate to have a lot of great projects with the company, and uh, they've just been really great to work with for us. And again, I think it's helped on our side because we have this wide portfolio. Now we've got everything from small kitty rides up to coasters you know, they found us to be a good partner because we can handle the theming that they're requesting. Like the theming uh, at Aeronautica, when you guys see the rides in person, they look amazing. I mean, Cedar Fair came up with the design concepts, but then what happens is our artistic team, we have a whole artistic department, we've got like six, seven artists. So we take what they're looking for at Cedar Fair, we interpret it and say, okay, this is how we can make it work on those rides. And we say, well, we can do that, but we could save you a lot of money if we use this existing mold and do it this way. And it's kind of a back and forth. So okay. we really work hand in hand with their artistic department, with uh, I said their XDS team and our artistic department to make rides that look really good, but really don't bake- break the bank when it comes to attractions.
1: That's, that's, that's super cool. I didn't
0: realize that you guys yeah. did a lot of that theming in-house.
1: Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. It's it, it's challenging because, you know, we get so many times a company that will want us to do Something crazy and awesome and cool looking on top of an existing ride and we're like guys we can do that But we need to change some things because from you know We don't want to in- re-engineer the ride every time we put it out We don't have the same sort of in you know engineered base on it But make it look different so it creates their own experience, but yeah, we have a wonderful team I, I think it's six or seven artists that are in-house full-time in italy And they wow. do a lot of interface and work directly with our clients to make sure that on the one hand, it meets our engineering requirements. On the other hand, it looks as good as the client wants it to.
1: Yeah, awesome. That's
3: awesome. That's really yeah, cool.
1: <laughs> so, I think we only have one more um, park-specific question, and then the rest are just kind of about Samperla as a whole. Um, but mm-hmm. Karsten, you had a question about uh, Wild Mouse, right?
2: Yeah, there's um, a lot of a lot of our fans have been asking. Um, with Wild Mouse, is there going to be any non-spinning cars? some people want like i don't know they don't want to spin on it I didn't, I didn't know if there was because i don't think the park has really said i think the park has just said it, it's been spinning but i just wanted to you know just feel feel the, to ask the question so
0: <laughs> they are all spinning so that that's what was requested <laughs> and that's what we delivered yeah so okay. uh, if if you don't love spinning coasters unfortunately this one is not for you but at least <laughs> at cedar point you have a lot of other options so it's not yeah just right right, right. No, so. i was,
2: actually I was gonna say it's it's balanced right it's it's not like it's so like maybe you just Figure out a perfect balance, you know, and, and make sure <laughs> you don't you won't spin. One, so. Yeah, or
0: even weight distribution, you're not going to spin crazy, you know. If if you've yeah. got you know two large guests on one side, two kids on the other, you probably will. Okay,
3: yeah. that's. I was thinking how how this summer we're going to be like. All right, how can we make this thing spin the absolute oh, yeah. most? You know, Carson, oh, yeah. you and I specifically will be the ones doing that. Oh yes. Um, I actually okay. have a question. More just after seeing the footage of a testing today. At what point in the ride does it actually start to, to spin? Because we've heard maybe that it's right off a of lift, but looking at the video, it almost looked like maybe it didn't start till after that first drop. What? Maybe that was just that car that went, the weight distribution. What's the deal there? <laughs>
0: uh, that is something that I cannot share at this time, but will be revealed later. Ooh. <laughs> okay. All right.
1: All right. Understood. Noted.
2: That's exciting.
1: <clears throat> All right. So couple more uh, Zamperla or coaster-specific questions here, but um, when you and your company are approached by a park and you are designing a ride, uh, what has more of an impact of the overall design? Is it uh, space slash budgeting constraints or um, like an actual... Actually, those are my two. Is it space and land or budgeting that...
0: Um, so... Yeah, I approach it. I approach it like this. So and I think different people maybe do it different ways. But to me, the critical thing is always ABC audience budget capacity, like audiences. Are you looking for 36 inches, 42 inches or 48 inches to ride? Like who you know, who is this targeted at budget? Very obvious one how much you want to spend and how much you want to spend on the installation capacity? How many people would you want to get through per hour? So, if I can kind of check each of those three boxes and know what a client's looking for, then I'll guide them in a certain direction to what makes sense from our ride. You know obviously, mm-hmm. if they say I've got a tiny footprint that limits things severely, but really, it's more a higher level conversation than footprint just because you know coasters start on the very on the low side, like million ish and go way up from there. So I kind of start with those three questions, you know to talk with the client to understand what their goals are. And then we'd say, okay, from our portfolio, we'd say this or this or this would be your best bets. You might also want to try this. It's not quite what you're looking for, but I think it could work because of these facets. But, you know, that's really more the back and forth dialogue we have. It's not sort of me saying, hey, that you should buy this or here's our whole portfolio. Mm-hmm. Look at everything. It's mm-hmm. we do at ZemPro. We do a lot of listening to our clients when we visit parks a lot, too. You know, I will say, like, not necessarily everyone is a you know, amusement park super fan like I am where they love going to parks and can ride all day. But, you know, we do have people like on the North American team, like Ramon, myself, Ulysses, all of us, whether we we go to parks and love them for the rides or not, all of us know, like, the business and how a park approaches things. So we really, on the both on the flat ride side and the coaster side, have a, a much more targeted conversation instead of saying, you know, we've got 90 rides in the portfolio. Here's everything. What do you like? It's, I hear you. I visited your park. I talked to your guests when I was at the park. And this is what we feel would be the best fit for what you're trying to achieve with your next investment.
1: Awesome. Hmm. All right. That's good. So this one is kind of for you specifically, um, but Mm -hmm. do you have a project that for one reason or another was just your absolute favorite to work on?
0: Uh, I'd say of everything that uh, you know, I we are. I'm lucky because we're working on several cool projects right now mm-hmm. that uh, you guys will hear more about this year. So I can't talk about those, <laughs> nice. but I can say for everything that that has opened to date. Uh, fire chaser express was a lot of fun for me. I worked on that at Dollywood. Um, mm. and so, so that, that was a lot of fun. Cause I got to work with the Hershing creative team, the Dollywood team and fork, who's a master planning company and got to be very involved with them as, you know, I was kind of working with the Gerstlauer team on that. So, um, that was a lot of fun just I for several you know aspects. They, they took out in you know, a ropes course and put our, the coaster there kind of in the middle of all that. Um, you know, as a dad now, you know, I've got kids who are seven and 11. So I think I certainly look at things differently than I did 20 years ago, but even then my kids were younger than, but I I really love the fact that I think that was a 39 inch height requirement. So creating a a very dynamic, fun, marketable coaster, but that was still 39 inches to ride was was pretty unique. And certainly Dollywood, which is very much a multi-generational property, you know, their goal is to get Kids, parents, grandparents, kind of everybody through the gate.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: it was a really fun, you know. I, I literally stood at the exit the the first day of the ride open. I just listened to all these families who had a really good time, and all these kids who, you know, rode something more than just a kitty coaster. Like that, that's a big coaster. It's got a 70 something. Awesome. Foot <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's a good and, one. and so it does a lot for that sort of energy profile. And to me, just as a dad I love standing there and listening to all these kids like being so proud that they got out this big coaster and yeah. to me that that's just something that's always stayed with me it's like the people on the project were wonderful to work with and I think the end
3: result was a really good one too yeah absolutely that's one of my favorites there just it, it's like it's more of a guilty pleasure coaster than anything it's just a ton I of think fun. it's a great
2: coaster and then the theming is just awesome as well. you're
3: like I'm gonna go fight a fire yeah <laughs> <laughs> awesome. the little kid and all of us are so happy when we ride that exactly ride. exactly yeah, yeah <laughs> for sure you know, that, you know for some of those rides that's why it works right it's
1: yeah
0: you know because you're either a kid and love it or you get to be a kid again for a few minutes and and yeah. kind of remember what that was
3: like. Yeah. yeah. What little kid didn't dream about being a firefighter when they grew up? Yeah, exactly. So, that's awesome. <laughs> and fireworks <Yep>. come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all
1: right. Man. And then we—I promise—we only have a few more questions that we yeah, thought of. But um, so we've seen uh, Thunderbolt at Luna Park and Rolling Thunder at the park at Oa. Um, the lightning coasters kind of roll out in the past couple years, and they look really fun. Is there anything you can tell us about that?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, I think sort of what you can see there is, a, you know, what the family has wanted to do with the roller coaster division, sort of in a nutshell. You know, we open, uh, we open Thunderbolt at Luna. It, it's, it's from a business standpoint, I and mean, it was an amazing investment. It has made a ton of money, one of the most popular attractions there. But after it opened, we all said we can do better. You know, it, it mm-hmm. had some issues with the track. It's not as smooth as it should be. And so that was really the start of sort of the journey that I got to be a part of where that opened in 2014, I think, and then we opened a few more coasters. And then what really started to change was we opened the Super Twister uh, over in Abu Dhabi and then shortly thereafter opened the factory coaster in China at Wuxi Sunak Land. And both of those were, I'd say from a size standpoint, much bigger than we'd done a lot of coasters in the past. You know, the Super Twister is kind of a supercharged uh, twister coaster with trains much more on the scale of kind of what mac has had been doing at the time Mm -hmm. and the factory coaster was not exactly but i'd say in the same kind of wheelhouse as the dynamic sfx coasters or the uh, mummy rides from Premier, and so those were a big step up from us and from uh, and we had to learn a lot and we really started to push the envelope with our our design team. And what we've continued to do is really kind of take what I call our engineering to production pipeline and make sure that's good because, you know, what I've learned is our engineering of the Thunderbolts was actually pretty good. But what was happening was that was not translating into the best track that actually got produced. So we've really tightened up that whole line and made sure that what we put in the computer and what we engineer is actually what is fabricated. And we're actually working on a new track that we're gonna debut later this year on one of the Lightnings in China, where uh, we're, we're really excited because it features a lot less shrinkage. So when you weld something, you, know, you heat it a lot, and when it cools, you can have maybe different, some size anomalies or other things that don't work right with the pre- precision you need on a coaster. And we found some different ways to build track now uh, and you'll actually see it when it when it's actually produced that it looks different than our traditional track does because we found that we can use this system. It's lighter, it takes less work, and we'll have better precision with it. So that's just one of the many things we've done to make a better product. But, you know, certainly overall, you know, as a company, Zamperla is really invested in being a player in the coaster game. You know, that we really said at a certain point that either we're going to make some of the best coasters out there or we don't really want to be a part of it because it's sort of... No point in being in the middle. You know, that there's in the marketplace, there's no need for that. So for us, you know, we if you look at our company historically, we made kitty rides, but then we've come to dominate the kitty ride family and market. We're the first modern company to make kitty family rides that parents and kids could ride together then we sort of took over or I'd say one of a few key players in the thrill ride market with rides like the discovery and, and giga discovery.
1: Mm-hmm. And now Those we're really so going on.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: They're, they're, I think they're awesome. Awesome. Yes. And, and they're just rides that really, I think when it, same thing, we said at the exit, watch the guest reaction, you know, I was at Fiesta, Texas recently just watching guests get off that. It's like everybody <laughs> from thrill seekers to, the mom who got coaxed on by her kids, everybody has. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know that that's been a lot of fun. So you know we kind of we've we're dominating that space. We're a key player there, and really that's the goal of coasters too. Is we want to be a premier player, and I'm not saying we are right now, but I'm saying I think we've got the team, and we've got the technology to do so. You know we've got some very stiff competition. We've got B and has been on a tear lately. Intamin is always innovating. So certainly some really good players we're up against but with the team we have i really feel that we are in a place where to be able to make some moves to to directly compete with them and more importantly we've got the team we have uh, so a gentleman named alberto ferry runs our roller coaster engineering department and he has really been an expert in coaster design and he's just someone who is teaching all these younger people we have also so we've got some bigger coaster nerds you know like myself so like we have elisa who's a mathematician we've got federico he's like 25 and helping design coaster layouts. so we've got kids i call them kids because i'm over four well over 40 now but (laughs) you know kids who have a people have a passion growing up like i did for coasters and i you know i i can't engineer for shit so you don't want me designing (laughs) (laughs) rides (laughs) But you've got these kids that have, you know, they grew up wanting to do this and they're doing their dream now. How awesome is that? Like, yeah, they're the ones who are designing that next generation of our coasters. So I'm just thrilled to be here kind of helping them and talk to them and interface with our clients on their behalf. But we have this awesome team that I just I'm very fortunate to be the face of. And it's a really exciting time for us because, you know, we think sort of the sky's the limit on what we can do as we create this next generation and kind of write our own story.
1: Yeah, yeah for sure. And that actually segues perfectly into the last question that we had pre wrote for you. But <laughs> what sort of advice would you give to somebody who might be trying to get a job in the industry or kind of break through and get that first step in the right direction? I mean,
2: I think
0: that, right, so if you want and everyone asks, what do you want? I want to be a roller coaster designer. How do you do that? The obvious basis is engineering. That's where you start. But also, you know, the thing I always tell people who want to be on the engineering design side is go work at a park in maintenance because so many times the engineers never really actually see the ride, find out what the ride was like after one annual teardown and understand what it actually takes to take care of a coaster. So that's one piece of advice I always give anyone who wants to be an engineer in industry is work in maintenance for a season or two. You're going to learn so much and have so much practical knowledge that it's going to put you leaps and bounds ahead of where you would be otherwise because they're going to teach you stuff in school you can't learn in the field and vice versa. You're going to learn things on coasters, and even if it's not your ride, you're going to say, man, I had to do annual teardown for that, and it was awful because I had to fish these wires through a (laughs) two-centimeter hole, you know, and there's no room. And all those little things that help you make a better ride eventually. Um, I'd say on the park side, definitely, you know, look to who's hiring. Obviously, right now we're in an interesting cycle. You have groups like Disney's laying off a lot of people. Universal's hiring, and I, from what I hear, paying really good wages. So yeah. you certainly, if you're an ops, have to want to live, whether it's maybe not where you grew up but or even internationally, but sort of be willing to do that and just. Kind of be comfortable taking the leap. I'm going to go live in Saudi for a few years. I'm going to go live in Texas for a few years, you know, if it's not where you're from and and do that. So I think you have to sort of want to be a nomad a little bit to kind of jump into our industry. Um, but it, but I will say it, it, it is tougher now than it was. You know, I got in the industry in 01 right out of college. And I think the really good thing is that we have all these college programs like you see in Florida, all these TEA groups around the country at different universities. But also, practically speaking, there are just more people trying to get into the industry than there were when I was a kid, and certainly even 20 years before that, there are way more people. <laughs> so it is harder than it used to be, and you, you definitely need to stand out somehow, whether it's your knowledge or your education base, or even your practical experience. There's no one way to get in our industry, but I, I think that's the other part of it. Is it's not just like you're going to do four years or five years at school and automatically get in. There are a lot of different ways to get in. You know, I mean, I was. big nerd i love the amusement parks but i realized i was not good at engineering or at math science i was good enough but not great and obviously there are only a handful of people in the world that get to design coasters you know when you look at it compared to professional sports it's much more exclusive to do what on coaster design than it is professional Mm -hmm. sports yeah so you know i was able to kind of worm my way in as being a history major and someone who knew a lot about rides and the flip side of that, I, I did take a lot of opportunities where it was a lot of travel, weird hours, and and all those things. But I was able to kind of find my place in the industry and wind up here where I've just been super happy to be at uh, for over two years now. So I, I'd say definitely find the way that works the best for you to get in the industry, but also be honest with yourself. You know, if you're not great at math and science, there are a lot of other opportunities in, in this industry. I can't promise you'll design coasters. But there are a lot of ways that you can be involved in, in this industry, be successful in this industry, and make some money in this industry too, because that is, to me, I, I think the other thing, like yes, you have to have a passion for it, but also you know, there needs to be a financial incentive where you're working crazy hours or crazy traveling, right. both. And those opportunities are there. And so I would definitely advise people to figure out what they think they might wanna do and then figure out what are some paths just to get in the industry and then I can go from there because Universal is hiring like a crazy number of people right now. But be- with all their yeah. projects plus Texas, get your foot in the door, work there for a year or two, and then if you know you want to springboard there from somewhere else, do that. That's great. But mm-hmm. get some of that practical experience, even if it's just you know designing one ride or engineering one area of a park. Like that really helps to just get you to know people and get you as something else than just the guy to Apple who's looking for a job. You can say I did this for a
3: few years. I'm looking for my next step.
2: That's really good. That's I think really that's
3: good. definitely the best advice I've heard of any. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. I, I've heard that question asked a lot, but that was like that was a great answer. <laughs> it even gave me something to kind of think about. <laughs> Not that, because I'm I'm in engineering, so mm-hmm. they always um, they always ask, well, you know, what what made you want to do this? And I'm like roller coasters. <laughs> but I know that's super a super niche thing to get into. So yeah, it was just that was just cool to hear.
0: Yeah, yeah that's the nice no, I, I agree,
3: yeah. with our industry. Like once you get your foot in the door,
0: you'll find all these other companies you didn't know about. You know, like these, I, I even I keep pointing about this company is that, you know, like no one had heard of dynamic attractions 15 years ago. You know, they were doing all this work for Disney, but no one knew about them. Like there's other companies like mm-hmm. uh, Celtic Engineering in Florida, a great engineering company. Mm-hmm. Hardly anyone's heard of them, they but they've done a lot of contract work for a lot of big players. So they're really out there. So if you kind of get your foot in the door and you go to IAPA as someone in the industry and get to know people, you just learn about a lot of things by word of mouth really quickly. And I think that's the fun thing about our company or I should say our company, our industry is on the one, it's really weird because we're global, but it's still a really small industry. So if you can get into the industry, you can meet a lot of people really quick. And and if you know, if you're a hard worker, a good person, most people are willing to pass your name along to others to say, hey, I know this guy or I worked with this guy they're really good to work with, or she's really good to work with, I'd recommend picking them up, you know? And, and that's how, honestly, I hear about a lot of people sort of getting their second job is because they just excel and they have a good attitude and then they get picked up to do that second project. That may not be a long-term thing because not everything in our industry is guaranteed to be a, you know, a 20 year term. But Mm -hmm, if you get picked up for universal project, John, for a few years, you're gonna have time to kind of land somewhere else.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And puts a lot of, a lot of things on your resume too. Which exactly. Right
1: you know. Yeah, and he's right, Evan. You know, I, I see the signs all over town of universal hiring like crazy. So if you want to come buck up with me, I'm sure you can get a job. <laughs> I say they've got that giant new park they're going to open up
2: in 25. Mm-hmm. Uh, Epic Universe, so. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. A lot of options. Yeah, yeah, for right, sure. Right. So that that's kind of it.
0: Texas heat or Florida heat? It really depends what you
3: yeah. want. Right. 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 Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm good with my Ohio roller coaster. It was 80. <laughs> today i don't think i don't think we asked i think (laughs) we
2: i think we asked um zamperla what's what's your favorite coaster
3: like out there it's your favorite coaster my favorite coaster doesn't have to be zamperla yeah No, it's. i mean i'd say like
0: i really love phoenix i know that may be a very standard answer but i do love phoenix a lot um and and at cedar point i i've always loved maverick that's just been
1: yeah to me
0: a really solid layout fun ride from start to finish yeah. um So that that's another one where I'm just like, I love the pacing of it. I like the experience. I like that it's different. Um, and then another one would be Fury. I, I just think Fury yeah. is for yeah. like a you know, kind of if you're looking for airtime and speed, like I will. You know, I may get some haters from this, but like to me, I'll take that over Millennium Force any day. I just think Fury is a great ride. And <laughs> I love it. Yeah, well, lucky no, I... for you,
3: this is a Cedar Fair podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we won't kick you off. Yeah, no for sure
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, a good one <laughs> that's kind of it for the questions that we had pre-planned uh I know I don't have anything else if either of you two have questions yeah you know?
3: I, I, I was just gonna jump in and just ask that that that, that favorite coaster thing so <laughs> yeah yeah that was that was
2: hopefully you get to wild, ride um Cedar Point you know the wild mouse here pretty soon hopefully before for uh before opening day at least you do you know <clears throat> That, yeah, yeah I'm sure we'll be be, if nothing soon. else, I'll be up there
0: for media day. So if you guys are there, we'll definitely hook up and do a ride together.
1: Yeah, definitely. Sounds good. Awesome. Sounds awesome. That'd be great. All right. Well, with that, we're gonna go ahead and end the show. Uh, once again, we can't express how thankful we are for having you on the show this week, Adam. I know uh, this is it was awesome. I'm, I'm sure our listeners are gonna love it. But thank, yeah, you, thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you. Um, that's Thanks all for having me, guys.
2: Appreciate it. Yes, thanks. Thanks so much. And hopefully we'll
1: see you in the park. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure we will. If you're ever down in the Orlando area, look me up. So uh, (laughs) we'll catch a ride together somewhere. (laughs) But that's going to do it for this episode of The Rundown on Fun. We'll be back next week with all of our news. Take it away, Justin. Thank you for listening to The Rundown on Fun. Be sure to follow us on social media to stay up to date on all things Cedar Fair. As always,
0: be kind to your ride operators, and we will see you on the Midway. Good night.